You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. All right, Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast. John Zana subbing in for Nick Cattles. Podcast, as always, is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partners, Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And Greg, uh, your reaction after the Patriots lost to the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday night was kind of like, what the hell happened after benefit of looking at the film? Uh, anything come clear into clearer focus other than they played like total crap for three-fourths of the game? Yeah, I just thought that <laughs> this was not the same Patriots team that we had watched for uh, you know, the previous seven games, seven, eight games. This is just, this was more back to the two and four Patriots team. Uh, I don't have any ready explanation for it. I don't think the people around the team have an explanation for it. I know we've heard, you know, Mac Jones at the podium say stuff about guys maybe feeling sorry for themselves about the bye week or whatever, whatever that means. Um, I, look, I'm not I'm not willing to go to extremes. I'm not willing to say, well, this is the first real adverse road environment that they played in all season and they spit the bit. Uh, like, oh, that's, you know, they're never going to be able to do this this season. They're not going to be able to go in the playoffs and win on the road. They have to get home games. I'm not ready to say that uh, because the first time for anything, and they really haven't had many challenging road environments this season. The Bills would have been one, but the weather sort of negated uh, all of that. And, um, I, but I'm also not willing to give them a pass and just be like, well, this was just a total aberration. They'll be back to the team that they were, you know, that's not who they were. It was just, they were rusty coming off the bye. I'm not willing to make excuses no, for them. They're I not, think good. It's, I think they're it's not good enough. They're not good enough mm-hmm. for that. That's the thing is you, you've had too many wins where you came away with it. Like they kind of sucked in this game, you know, Tennessee yep. being one Buffalo was a total throwaway game. There's a lot of games where you didn't get a good sense of who the Patriots were. Uh, the, the most surprising thing to me, Greg, is just coming off the bye, looking like that, just being so flat, being so, I, I, I don't know if it's unprepared. It wasn't anything crazy or tricky no. that happened. They just played bad. Yeah. And the they, thing is, is that that whole argument about the bye week w- might hold water if say, the Patriots took a bye week and the Colts were red hot and they played coming into this. Like you could make that argument. Both teams were on a bye. Yeah. The Patriots had one day shorter because they played on Monday night, but well, it's, it's not that big of a deal in the whole realm of things. Yeah, exactly. I, I know it's, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. I, I just think what surprised me the most in this game were a few things. 
the lack of execution all around, all three phases of the game, including, you know, Jakob Johnson on the punt block. Jake Bailey had a couple of really rough punts that, uh, where he needs to be better. Uh, the defense got moved around in the running game. You know, even when the scoreboard indicated where the Colts shifted to playing more of the clock than the Patriots and that Frank Reich was scared to death of Carson Wentz for good reason, because holy hell, Carson Wentz was horrible in this game. The first three plays of the game were all unforced errors by Carson Wentz. Like they were just, he just started off shaky. He continued. The interception was horrible. He was late on anything. And then, you know, defensively, they got, they got run on and offensively with the Patriots. Look, Mac Jones, I'm sure we're going to discuss him a lot. Um, To me, I sort of view this as a, it's almost a Rorschach test test when it comes to Mac Jones. Like you're going to look at a picture. You're going to look at this game and see what you want. If you're a member of the Mac mafia and you're a Patriots fan and you want to believe in that Mac Jones can do what no rookie quarterbacks ever done and take a team to the Super Bowl, then you're going to say, well, he fought through adversity. He was really good after the interception in the second half. He nearly brought them back. If they just got one more stop, they win this game. That's fine. It's fair. I understand you saying that there's certainly evidence to back that up. But there's also a lot of evidence that says the kid as a rookie was not ready for this. And that without the defense, without a lead, without his teammates, the offensive line blocking precisely on every play, without that stuff propping him up, he looked like every other one of the rookie quarterbacks in this class, just not good enough. So both sides of the coin can be right. I think they are right. But what Mac Jones ultimately is, we'll get more of an indication come Buffalo on Sunday. Well, that's my thing. So let me flip that on you because I totally agree. If you want to go, there's always more nuance to every conversation than people saying, I thought he played great and overcame it or I thought he sucked. But it's really more a matter to me. What's better in terms of you're right. He there's there's a if you get into the playoffs, you're going to probably have to lean on Mac Jones to win you a game, to win multiple games, to carry you. Uh, You're not going to be able to baby him all the way through that. So if they're going to get anywhere, you have to see it. Didn't you kind of want to see him get bloodied up, have rookie mistakes, see if he could bounce back and, and, and no, almost orchestrate a comeback to me. Yep. Both things that you said existed, which was miserable, awful rookie mistakes and being baited into interceptions. Uh, but there was also like seven, eight dynamite throws uh, that he made in yeah. the game, which we hadn't seen a lot of because he's been managed for so much of the year or game script didn't dictate that he needed mm-hmm. to throw or needed to do much. So even though he had a couple of drops and he doesn't have, again, you're not getting a ton out of the weapons on the team. He's making really, really, really good throws. Like I'm not looking at it because I'm part of the Mac mafia. I'm looking at it as I'm glad I got to see that from him before we call on him to actually do that at a point, a point where it really matters. Yeah. I mean, there were certainly good signs about him being bloodied. You know, we on PSJ, one of the, our five questions out of the bye was, can this team come back? And, you know, they did, they still lost their own three, you know, falling behind by double digits. And so, you know, that's a concern, but at least it was, you know, it was, it, it was promising. And you're absolutely right. Like I had them for, I had them for nine plus throws in this game, which I haven't gone back and looked at it, but it has to be a record for him right. this year for me 
you know, including eight in the in the second half, I think all after the interception, I mean, that's a great sign. I mean, did he still have decisions down the stretch that I didn't like? Yeah, he did. Uh, but I, I, I think you're right. I think it's a good realization. It's funny that you bring that up about, you know, signs that you're looking for. And what's interesting is that, you know, the Colts are sort of going through the same sort of thing with Carson Wentz, who is not a rookie, but he's in his first year in, 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 with the Colts. You know, he had injury issues, didn't have a whole lot of practice time, you know, to really be a veteran quarterback. And, you know, you can make the argument that 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 Frank Reich was scared to death of Carson Wentz in this game, which he should have been. And he was asked about he was asked pointed questions about Carson Wentz and is he good enough? Can he do it? And 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 Frank Reich actually gave the correct response. And it's the same thing about Mac Jones. He said, I think for us to go where we want to go. There are going to be games where Carson will be the quote-unquote star of the game. I think that'll have to happen. That's the operative phrase. That'll have to happen. Like, Mac Jones can be a sidecar for so long and for, say, 13 out of 17 regular season games. But for this team to really be a true contender, Mac Jones is going to have to win them one of these games, whether it's the Titans in the divisional round whether it's the AFC championship in Kansas city or where have you, or a Buffalo rematch or Buffalo this Sunday or the super bowl, that is going to have to happen. And we don't have an ultimate answer on it, but I mean, the, the, the bright side of it is he's a freaking rookie. I mean, you don't get that ultimate answer on anybody that we're having this conversation about Mac Jones is I think a good thing for the Patriots, but I, I, I would be a little bit leery of him after this game of, being on the road, adverse conditions, and the team not operating well around him. Most rookie quarterbacks, it would have been fifty nothing this game, right? If if he was getting the level of ineptitude around him, and when they Mac became one dimensional, when they, yeah. yeah, when they go down twenty nothing, they become one dimensional, makes it that much harder for him uh, to do what he did. Yeah, at some at some points, I'm watching. I'm like, when was the last time they ran the ball? Like, right. what like what is going on? I mean, we know he needs a running game. He needs certain things. He needs to be well protected. He needs guys to run right routes. He needs Hunter Henry to turn his freaking head around on fourth and one and catch a pass. Right. You know that sort of thing, and, and that just was not happening on on Saturday night. Uh, hopefully for the team, it was an aberration. We have seven weeks of evidence, eight weeks of evidence that says it was, but. Really, we'll get our answer come Sunday against Buffalo. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're not going to get too much into Buffalo here, but you mentioned the fourth down play to Henry. Uh, Worth mentioning, and again, this was more of a player's game than a coach's game. Uh, I think we agree the players didn't play well. They didn't execute. uh, They didn't make enough plays. Uh, But the one area with the coaching that we're going to bring up is, again, just how uh, insanely conservative Bill Belichick has been with this team on fourth down. And again, another situation here. And this one was trickier because it's fourth and seven here. I mean, is it fourth and goal from the seven um and you kick a field goal and you're still down two scores and there just not might not be enough clock for you to come back in this game i this is again one where i think the obvious not just aggressive but smart thing to do is to go for it you're putting yourself the chances of winning are much slimmer if you kick a field goal uh than not uh and they're not much better for having kicked the field goal uh because you're still you'd still you're still down multiple scores so i didn't understand that rationale again and if you if you break it down by the numbers the patriots are in in 
in a year where everyone's freaking out over analytics and, oh, fourth down and two-point conversions, Patriots are still among the more conservative teams in the NFL with with with, with their decision-making on fourth down. Oh, for sure. I think there's yeah. one analytics outfit that has Bel- Bill Belichick as 30th in fourth downs. And and yeah. look, you're right. This this is not a clear-cut uh, decision. Um, you there's no right answer here. It's just, you know, sort of, you know, what your belief is. My big thing on Belichick's explanation, and I thank him for actually explaining it to us uh, for once and what his thinking was, um, because I don't think anybody was hurt. And I think people, you know, were able to glean a little bit in the Bills decision making process, which I don't think is giving away state secrets. But my big problem is when he explained his decision, he talked about that he didn't have confidence scoring where they were on the field, that uh, that he was they still needed two scores, that one now would be a long field goal, which they might have a better opportunity to. And it was about, you know, basically number of possessions. I don't think that's what it was at all. I think I think if he was being honest, to me, the decision was purely about the defense. That he had no faith that they that that they could immediately get the ball back for him if they went for it and failed. Uh, to me, and, and let's just touch on that sequence, uh, you know, real quick. First of all, they sh- should have scored touchdowns on the previous three plays, okay? The first down throw to Jacoby Myers, Mac Jones throws a rocket basically away. If he throws a touch pass just leading Jacoby Myers, there's a pass there to be made where only Jacoby Myers can catch it. A little bit up towards the back of the end zone. He did not do that. He did not did not give Jacoby Myers a chance to make a play on the ball. I, I did not think that was a good throw, good decision by Mac Jones. On second down, to me, this is the most egregious thing, and this is a perfect example of the awful execution that the Patriots had in this game. Uh, Brandon Bolden run to the left side. They had, I think Shaq Mason was pulling on the play. If Kendrick Bourne blocks his player, and I think it might have been Darius Leonard, which is, you know, look, it's not the it's not the greatest matchup in the world. If he gets in Darius Leonard's way, it is a walk-in touchdown for the Patriots. Kendrick Bourne completely whiffs. The play gets blown up. On third down, we've seen this play before. Hunter Henry against a cornerback in the front corner of the end zone. Mac Jones, it was open. Mac Jones did not pull the trigger. I don't know why. Maybe it was the person in coverage. He did not want to throw into there. So they had run three pretty successful plays that could have been touchdowns. To me, to me, the, the touchdown is worth the risk. It's 20 to 7 at that point. Right. If you score a touchdown, as soon as you score a touchdown, okay, the quicker the better, the more pressure there is on the Colts to change how they're playing, the more pressure that goes on them. So the quicker you can get to 20 to 14 and make it make the Colts start thinking, oh crap, if we give the ball up, we could lose. We're gonna be we're gonna be trailing. We're not gonna yeah. be tied. We're gonna be trailing. So in my mind, the, the the goal is to try to score a touchdown as quickly as possible. You're at the seven yard line. You try there. If you fail, they're still on the five yard line, if not closer to the, their own goal line. Okay, they're already pinned deep. Say if you have confidence in your defense that you can stack the run, because if you miss it 20 to seven, they're just going to run clock. There's no right. passing. They're up uh, 13 points. There's no, there, there's no, there's no uh, trying to throw the ball. So they're just going to run. If you have confidence in your defense that you are going to stop them, 
then you go for it, you pin them back, you get the ball back. You probably had the ball around midfield with, say, six minutes left. Now you have a short field to score that touchdown. Say you get it three or four minutes left in the game. Now all of a sudden, say you score a touchdown, make it 20 to 14 yeah. with four minutes left in the game, and, Car- and Carson Wentz has the ball. The Colts know we have to score points or right. run out the clock. And so they have to throw the ball. They have to, they have to throw want. the ball and right, run multiple plays. They can't just hand yeah. it off three times. Right. It, it, that, it, I agree with every bit of that thinking is you've got them pinned deep. So worst case scenario is exactly that. You're hoping right. to go three and out quick and get the ball back. And we've seen uh, Bill and you're do still that down in the two past. scores. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We've seen Bill do that countless times where he's yeah. had confidence in his defense. And he says, you know what? If I make it, Great. If I don't, they're still pinned. I'm going to get the ball back around midfield, and I'm still going to have a short field to get the touchdown, which is what I need to really change the pressure. When the Colts are down 20 to 10, or when they're up 20 to 10, there's not really any pressure on them. Right. They're not trying to do anything it's, other than house money. And guess what? Yeah. yeah. And guess what? They ran 509 off the clock. 509. Like, so that just told you right there, it was about the defense. It wasn't about possessions or anything like that. It was about the defense and the defense, again, as we've seen countless times in some of their losses, did not get the job done down the stretch to give them that big stop. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so, again, it's another, I don't know if it makes the difference, uh, but again, it's been a recurring theme uh, and it's cost them games. I don't know if it cost them this one and it wasn't as egregious, I think as some of the others versus Tampa with the field goal and, uh, and the uh, fourth down yeah. against uh, Dallas there. I think those were more obvious. And, and again, it's another week where this people's heads are exploding with this debate. You have Harbaugh going for it for two again. Um, so, you know, round and round we go. Uh, we want to move on to a couple of other things regarding this game before we quickly quickly look ahead to the bills but greg uh first off why don't you tell the folks at home about our awesome sponsor bet online bet online has you covered this holiday season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season there's a ton of that stuff going on and the pro football playoffs and if you want to bet on these crappy tuesday night games uh, that are going on right now. As we take that, you can do that too. Bet on with COVID and everything. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. That's CLNS5050 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, all the stuff that Nick Cattles, who's, you know, I think going across country to Sacramento in a covered wagon, uh, all the crap that he (laughs) likes to watch and tweet about, you can bet on all that stuff. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Greg. Thanks. Let's uh, let's go back to the Colts uh, and just talk about big picture takeaways. Uh, things that worried you uh, the most uh, about about the Patriots in this game. Okay, I mean, number one is just sort of like a pet peeve that's sort of been in the back of my mind all season, and you notice it every once in a while. But between Hunter Henry, especially in this game, we talked about the fourth and one play. 
I think it could also be argued that the Darius Leonard interception, that Mac Jones was actually hoping to go to Hunter Henry earlier after he, what he did was he faked left to move Darius Leonard, which he did move and it opened up the middle of the field. The problem was Mac wanted to throw the ball and Hunter Henry still has his freaking head down. And he's running his route instead of like looking like, oh, maybe he wants to put it on me a little bit early. Maybe it's not going to go as planned as exactly as we had it written up. And I think that Mac Jones almost like double clutched on that interception to me. But the fourth, fourth and one play sprint out. And I've seen this before in other games. Hunter Henry is running his route. His head's down. Greg Olson did a great job on the telecast pointing it out that he said, Man, you got to get your head around. Like, you don't have that much time. Like, bang, bing, bang, boom. Like, sometimes Mac Jones has all-out blitzes coming at him, and Hunter Henry's, like, got his head down. Jacoby Myers is doing, like, 18 different moves to try to get open. And there's a couple things at, at play in this, as opposed to, like, say, Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski in those spots. Julian and Edelman yeah, and those Rob guys are Gronkowski, better. they could just get open. Right. They didn't need to do fancy footwork and run this route. Like they just, they could get open quicker. They could get, they could get rid of man coverage and these guys just can't. It shows their bit of their limitation, even though I think Hunter Henry is very good, especially in the scene. So, you know, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of that. It needs to change. It's on, if Brady was here, it wouldn't be going on. It takes Mac Jones getting those guys in order, but he's a rookie. That's not going to happen this year, but, and he has, more fish to fry with what's going on in the field. So I'm sure that's something that will build as the years go on. Uh, all right. Uh, what, what else, what else you like here? And again, uh, you know, looking at things that concern you most after this loss to the Colts. Yeah, that's uh, this number two is this team in a big spot on the road, just because yeah. we hadn't seen them in this scenario. I mean, some of their, some of their road games, Carolina, the chargers, the jets, the Falcons, I mean, these aren't real road venues in the NFL. It's not It's not a playoff preview. This was the first really adverse road conditions, and, you know, maybe it was the bye, whatever. They false starts, this and that. Like, it just – it didn't bode well, and it probably made Bill Belichick say, like, you know, what the hell? And he's probably going to crank up before they play, you know. Miami is their next road game. Usually a lot of Patriots fans there, but it gets a little crazy there, and we know how the Patriots play there. So, you know, that's sort of the next chance where, where they're going to be in that sort of condition, especially if it means a lot for the Dolphins' playoff chances. But I didn't like them on the road, uh, how they reacted to that this week, and that includes Mac Jones. And number three – And I'm going to agree like, with you. I know I know where you're going with this, the, uh, the excuses. Yeah, I didn't like the chatter after the game. Yeah. You know, Mac getting up there and being like, well – I don't know. We didn't practice very good. And I think guys were feeling sorry for themselves about the buy and stuff. And like, look, I understand maybe that's the way Mac Mac does it. And the way it was explained to me is, you know, Mac's just trying to really get off the podium, you know, and without saying anything too bad. And, you know, he's probably trying to help out his teammates, but you know, look, they just, there's no reason. They played like crap. Just own it move on. I liked how when he was on EEI, he basically like deflected after a couple indie questions, basically said like, we're on to Buffalo. And that needs to be the response because that game needs to be buried and they need to put it in the rear view mirror. 
Yeah, it sounded like something you'd hear out of the Celtics locker room. I was a little surprised. <laughs> That's true. You know, the 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 classic. We're not going to use this as an excuse, but by me mentioning it, that means we're using it as an excuse. I want you to know that it's out there, but we're not going to use it as an excuse. So yeah, I didn't you. love that. Yeah. It's yeah. not us. I, it's you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't love that. But uh, a couple things. Let's go with three things that you felt good about after this loss. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne, I thought, made a couple of plays, especially like, you know, when he, when he had that carry around the end and he almost scored, I was just like, that was another example. Like, you forget because it's been so infrequent with touches with him, but he gets the ball in his hands and you're like, holy crap, that guy is fast and he's quick. Like, I, I they just, more of that. They need, to, they need to give him more touches. They need to find a way. I don't know why it hasn't happened to this point. There's got to be a reason. There's always a reason why these coaches do certain things, but... Uh, more Kendrick Bourne, please. And if Aguilar continues to be in concussion protocol, uh, Nikhil Harry, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing the Kendrick Bourne show because I think the guy has a lot in him. Uh, I'm also confident in uh, the Patriots in a rematch against the Colts with the Wentz factor. Look, if you think that was – the Colts did not play a perfect game either. You know, just 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 look they at didn't. Carson Wentz. The guy yeah. was like – you know, he had like a straight jacket on by the end of the game. And – um, you know, I like their defense, but I didn't think that they were, they were great. They gave up some plays and, you know, their offense, uh, you know, wasn't great either. Really the fake punt. I mean, the, the, the block punt really swung the game and broke it open. Uh, Patriots aren't going to make that mistake again. Right. Uh, so I like, I like Mac more in a rematch than Carson Wentz and, and Frank Wright can talk about him, Carson Wentz needing to be the star, like. Good luck, bro. If you think that's going to happen and you're like banking on it and going to design game plans for him to be the star in some big game, I look forward to your quick playoff exit. And uh, the last thing I'm confident in, Belichick getting after them uh, this week before the Buffalo game. Uh, I'm not a big, you know, one of these to go, oh, well, it was the loss. It was a good loss um, at the right time. I'm not a big believer in that, but I am a believer in, the Patriots weren't going to win 14 straight games to win a Super Bowl. That was not happening. Hasn't happened since I think the 03 Patriots team. And that's the that's the last that's the only team since the 86 Giants to win 12 or more games to finish the season and win a Super Bowl. It wasn't happening. If you believed that was going to happen, you were in la la land. You got knocked into reality just like this Patriots team. And so them losing uh as long as they beat Buffalo this weekend it was a really good thing. It gets them recentered. It gets them refocused. It gets them uh, back more into the details, and that can only be a good thing for this team. So that's good. I, well, how about uh, one thing I wanted to mention with Bill? He gets on the team, but he apologized to you guys. Wasn't that nice? What was the last <laughs> yeah. time? What was the last time Bill said sorry to you? I think it was more a personal uh, apology to Phil Perry because it sounded like Phil was the only one in that press conference. I don't know who draw this, who drew the short straw. It was like, you know, Reese and like Volan and Garrigan are like, I, I ain't going in there. Like, no. And, uh, and Phil had to, and Phil had to take the brunt. So good job on Phil. Uh, that was pretty much a Phil apology, but uh, yeah, that was, that was something I, I'm, I'm going to purely chalk that up to, Normally he goes the day after the game. Yeah. Like, so after a, ro a night road game, he's on like one hour of sleep and he's on like extra Monday salty. morning. He got an extra game. He got an extra day. Cause this was Saturday night. So he was well rested and very pleasant. 
Yeah, I'm sorry I was so short and mean to you guys. That's a that's a Belichick first. Uh, so you know, good good on him. A uh, little bit more on this game. You're three up, three down. Uh, yes, my uh, let's start with the three down because I can remember those more off the top of my head while I yeah. look for it. Um, Isaiah Wynn. He was down, down, down. He was terrible in this game. I mean, you know, the sack, which he has trouble. He has help with the running back. The running back's there to chip on the end. And you're going up against DeForest Buckner, who's right. an interior defensive lineman. And you know he's going to go inside because that's what he always does. And you have help on the inside. What does Wynn do? He lets him go inside. Then there was the, the Ramondre Stevenson butt fumble tackle play where he completely blows up whiffs on a double team, which is him and Ted Karras have this guy right in front of him. And Isaiah Wynn just goes down. The guy goes around him. And then Isaiah Wynn decides, you know what? I think it would be a splendid idea if I turn around, run towards my running back and block the guy I just whiffed on five yards behind the play. So he runs into Stevenson. It was just, he had like eight negative plays in this game. He was by far the worst offensive lineman. They have a real issue there. Sometimes he's good. Other times he's awful. I don't think there's anything you can do about it this season. Uh, the defensive line as a whole was my second one, and that's all of them other than Dietrich Wise. I had them for 19 minus plays in this game, which is about four games worth for this group. They just got manhandled, and I didn't think some of the guys on the Colts offensive line, like Fisher, the left tackle, uh, Glowinski, the right guard, and Spencer Wright, the right tackle. I didn't think that they those guys are that good. They own the Patriots. They just manhandled them. And then um, who was my third one? Right now I have Johnny Smith on here, but there was somebody else that I wanted to put. Uh, I think it was – th- I'll just leave Johnny Smith. I thought, you know, he, he had more <laughs> run-blocking problems. I didn't in, like a couple of perpetuity. his routes. In perpetuity, yeah. Yeah, he just uh, – there's he, he never does anything exactly how you want it to do and you know hopefully hopefully oh I know who it was I think it was the special teams in general you know and we talked about it you know the pump block is inexcusable the the Brandon King uh offsides penalty that costs them three points the Gunnar Olszewski fumbles out of bounds he's lucky the ball goes out of bounds uh Jake Bailey had two really poor punts uh, even before the pump block. That's just for the amount of money and the amount of roster spots they spend on those guys. It's inexcusable. It just is. Yeah. That was a game that where they needed a lift from the special teams. And instead they put more nails in the coffin for this team. Yeah. Uh, all right. Three up uh, Hunter Henry. Look, I, we talked about some of the issues that I have with him. He still was one of the better players on this team and, and, and did a really nice job, uh, you know, in, in the past game, I thought Jamie Collins, when he got more run instead of Jawan Bentley, uh, he wasn't perfect either. He blew a couple edges. It, basically, everybody, when you're talking about somebody good in this game, they did some bad for a change. Um, and then there were two guys I wanted to mention, uh, three guys, actually. Adrian Phillips, I thought, did a nice job. J.C. Jackson got his hands on some passes. That was mostly Carson Wentz, but whatever. He was there. He almost intercepted passes. And I thought David Andrews, I had him for a clean sheet in the middle of the line. I thought he did a really nice job uh, overall. So those are my up. Well, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna throw in one with a with just a – we're going to add a, a 3A. I, I just want to yep. give 
because the expectations are so freaking low, seeing Nikhil Harry do anything that resembles <laughs> something that a receiver of his, you know, pedigree is supposed to do, that's literally all you've ever wanted to see from Nikhil Harry on his 30-yard grab there, which is be downfield, one-on-one, high point a ball, use his big body, box out, make the catch. And if you could just yep. do that a little, a couple of times, again, we're not talking about – if you look at the Patriots, these aren't reliable go-to 15-target-a-game weapons. These are specialists. Each one should be able to do different things for you. If you could have Harry use his body and actually play like a large receiver from time to time, that could help some things. Again, they are dying in the red zone outside of Henry. You know, can you, and especially if Aguilar is out here, again, we've yep. been teased before where you see up play and you're like, look, it is what it is. But just a little glimpse, maybe. So I'll give Harry, uh, you know, yeah. a little bit of props there for at least showing up. Uh, we do want to get to our Boston Sports Journal member question of the day. Uh, check us out over at BSJ. $39.99, the annual plan. Not only you get top-notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports, but if you're a Patriots junkie and you're listening to this podcast, obviously you are. Uh, membership at BSJ gives you access to all of Badad's video analysis, coaches film, direct access to him on weekly chats uh, and all that good stuff. So we're going to go back to the defensive line, Greg, which was one of your downs uh, you mentioned before. And the question comes from JS. Um, Greg, in the offseason, the Patriots invested a lot of money into Lawrence Guy, Devin Godshaw, as well as a second round, high second round pick on Christian Barmore. Yet it feels like Carl Davis may be the best against the run of the four of them. When the Patriots play teams with offensive lines that are good, like the Colts or Titans, it feels like they get manhandled. Is this something that could be fixed or a potential fatal flaw? Uh, I don't think it can really be fixed. I mean, they are who they are at this point. They pretty much settled on their, and this is the way they debuted in the game uh, until, and they were missing Carl Davis at the end of the game. I will say that, that they had to put Godshaw on the nose and put Barmore in at right defensive end, not their ideal run stuffing front, but normally their best run defense is Carl Davis at nose. Devon Godshaw weeks ago got demoted from nose tackle and pushed out the end because he was not good enough on the nose against good running teams. Uh, Lawrence Guy, and then uh, four linebackers. Now, one adjustment I would like to see them do, which sort of drew, drove me crazy in this game, the way they opened up, is you know they get cocky sometimes where they're like, all right, the, the Colts come out in 12 personnel, and they their two, two tight ends are Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox. Right. We're not exactly talking about you know Pollard and... Uh, who was that other uh, Dallas Clark? Dallas Clark for uh, the Colt. Yeah, right. It's you know it's not Pollard and Dallas Clark out there with Peyton Manning. Okay, these guys don't contribute. Doyle catches a pass here and there, and maybe occasional third down, but they're not dynamic. You don't need to match up with them. Like Dante Hightower could cover cover them. Mo Alley Cox isn't going to catch anything. So. What the Patriots do is they come out against their 12 personnel with two tight ends and they put Kyle Duggar in the box. Right. Like, I like Kyle Duggar and all, but like, are you serious about the, stopping the run or not? Like, are, do you want Jonathan Taylor to run on you? Because if you keep a safety in the box, he's going to run on you. And that's what they did. You know, you could point at the stats and say, oh, well, it was a 70 yard run. They were ahead of the sticks all game long. You right. know, so what? Third and two, they got three yards. So they did a lot of quarterback sneaks or. 
you know, they the Colts did whatever they wanted to really on offense in the running game. Um, and to me, part of that was personnel. But look, he's right to be concerned. And, you know, on BSJ, when I predicted how does this end for the Patriots, I had them losing at home in the divisional round to the Titans for for exactly the reason that he's talking about. Yeah. That the Titans, given health, given A.J. Brown and Julio, Julio Brown and Derrick Henry, even without Derrick Henry, they ran for 270 yards. If they get really – if they have threats on the outside to go along with an effective running game with Ben Jones owning whoever's in the middle – uh, of the Patriots line and, you know, not being able to hold up if Lawrence guy plays like he did uh, against the Colts and Godchow gets moved as well. If that happens, the season is over that the Patriots will not get off the field. It will be a redux of 2019. Exactly what we saw when the Titans came in here. So you should be concerned. Is it a fatal flaw? Yeah, it could be. It all depends on the matchup though. If they see Everything. the Colts, like I said, I think they'll be better the second time around against the Colts. And plus you have a Carson Wentz who stinks, but uh, yeah, if you run into the wrong team, you bet your ass. It could be a fatal flaw. All right. Speaking of second time around baby preview. And again, you'll talk more about this later in the week, but the bills uh, coming up here on, uh, you know, Sunday, it's a hat and t-shirt game. Uh, But as we mentioned briefly, there's almost nothing you can take from that first matchup and apply it to this one. So it really is, uh, you know, I don't get cocky if you're a Patriots fan because mm-hmm. of how the first game went. This has anything you thought about the Bills going into that one, you should think about them going into this one. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sean McDermott's post-game speech about whoever they – oh, the Panthers. But first of all, the Bills if, – if the Panthers had a real kicker or any kicker – and Cam Newton wasn't Cam Newton. They had their hands full in that game. And Josh sure. Allen was crappy Josh Allen again for parts yeah. of that game. Um, after the game, he said to the team, he's like, we know, we know who's next. You know, they, it doesn't need to be said. They know they're basically saying like, you know, we owe them one. They came in here, embarrassed us, you know, made us not look good. I look like an idiot on the sideline. They are coming for revenge. Uh, and I can't wait to see what happens because, you know, I think the Patriots are a better team. I'm going to pick the Patriots. That's why I picked the Colts to win the last game because I figure the Patriots beat the Bills. But um, Cole Beasley being out, you know, for COVID uh, helps. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. I still think they're going to need to handle Josh Allen. I think knowing that this game is basically – st- the Bills will probably still be in the playoffs if they lose this game. But it's all – like you said, this is the AFC East championship, a real one. Last year was a fake one. This is a real one. They're coming into Gillette. I would unleash Josh Allen, and he's running 25 times in this game. No doubt. Uh, yeah, exactly what they did a couple weeks ago against the Bucks. Same sort of thing. Unleash him. They better be ready for it. I think they will be, but I can't wait to watch it, and I can't wait to talk more about it later in the week on the podcast because yeah. there's a lot to dig into. And they have to do that with Allen because they have no semblance of an actual running game. So that's what keeps you off balance uh, with him there. They are banged up in addition to Beasley being out a mandatory 10 days uh, because he's unvaccinated with the COVID situation. Emmanuel Sanders uh, also like week to week. I don't know you're getting him back, but they're getting good production out of Gabriel Davis. So they have enough there. uh, And obviously Dawson Knox as well uh, on the offensive side of the ball to uh, make life difficult for the Patriots. As as you said, Greg, we'll talk about it more later in the week. 
once again, quick shout out to our sponsor, Bet Online. BetOnline.ag code CLNS50, 50% welcome bonus on the first deposit. This has been the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast. Thank you for listening.